0: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
1: Does the NHL send players to the Olympics in Beijing, China? 67% of respondents saying, no, the NHL won't send their players to the Olympics. The last Olympics did not have NHLers, right? I am 50-50 knowing nhl players the way that i do sorry to say a lot of them will be like are we getting paid no you're not uh then i don't want to go and i would vote no if the players don't go to beijing
0: this is the rod peterson show
1: welcome to daytime sports talk live on the game plus television network everybody we're also live streaming on youtube and listen live around the world at WadPeterson.com. Away we go. And I feel like uh, right out of the gate now would be a good time to clarify a few things from yesterday's program. I appreciate the guys cutting that. I think it's Jordan. Uh, one half of the show coming to you from beautiful South Florida and the other half coming from the beautiful bunker in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. That's where we find Darren Moose DuPont on this Tuesday for uh, episode number 633. How you doing, Moose? I'm well. How are you? Good. Listen, the clip that went to Twitter of the uh, NHLers going to the Olympics yep. and also my thoughts on the CFL-XFL have been misconscrewed a little bit. A little bit. Misconscrewed. That's an old CFL term right there. I'm not sure you're old enough to get it. Okay. But I just want to clarify and it's nobody's fault at all. If anything, it's mine for not being clear enough. It's that I didn't think the NHLers would want to go to these Olympics because of the COVID environment and they're not getting paid and la di da da But any other normal Olympics year, yes, they would want to go represent their country. So I'm just saying this year, that would be, when you're drawing up lists of pros and cons, that would be one not to go. Yeah. And then the other is the CFL-XFL thing. If you've noticed any of the not blowback, but response on Twitter, because we're very active on social media. We are the most interactive sports talk show on the continent. Uh, people are saying, I'm with you, Rod. Screw the XFL. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'd like to see the merger with the XFL happen. It's just I'm not interested in fighting anymore. Right. Uncle. Right. You see what? I, uncle, you totally. won. Totally. But everybody... That- that wants to,
2: yeah, yeah, they want to grab their own narrative, man. They want to grab their own narrative. Like as soon as you say right. three downs has to stay, they'll be like, well, didn't you want four downs last year? It's like not quite the same. Yeah. It was a merger, different story.
1: Absolutely. I just wanted to clarify a couple things and away we go. And I'm going to tell you again, noon Eastern is when we go to air and I'm just sitting here <laughs> stomping on my feet, ready to go all morning. And mind you, for where you are, it's 11 a.m. But let's not belabor it anymore because we got some great guests on the program today. Matthew Sikaris from Sikaris & Price, Vancouver-based sports talk show, will be joining us to talk about the Vancouver Canucks who may be embroiled tonight in the game of the night. We'll see what everybody's fe- uh, featured game is tonight because there was no NHL hockey last night. And uh, Jessie Pierce will join us. Everybody remembers her. She's been on the program before. She covers the Minnesota Wild for NHL.com. So if the viewers have noticed... Lot of hockey today, but we will mix some football talk in. Let's go with the quick six show topics, please. Director, (laughs) Like I say, feeling not punchy, but just ready to go. We've had our calls in today. Moose, it's a beautiful day, and uh, well, I do have a bit of a damper on Monday Night Football, which I'll get to. Matthew Stafford threw for 287 yards and three touchdowns. Cooper Cup and OBJ each caught a touchdown pass, and the LA Rams held on for a 30-23 loss. Sorry, win over the Arizona Cardinals. Huge win for the Rams last night. Cards will now have to wait at least one more week for clinching their first playoff spot since 2015. And I can't believe it's been that long since the Cardinals were in the playoffs. How quickly we forget? seems like they've been good for quite a while, really. But Bruce Arians was their coach when he took him to the conference championship there. And um, listen, it was a game that went right down to the last play. So I wasn't up for it out here on the East Coast. Us golden girls got to go to bed and get our beauty sleep. But I was upset that there was no Manning broadcast. Here's my only damper on what was like, I watched the first half of the game and it was great, but I'm like, remind me to watch the Mannings. I want to watch the Mannings. I don't want to flip on the ESPN, the main network. I want to watch those two, uh, Eli and Peyton on ESPN 2. And they weren't on. And I'm like, guys, I'm all about consistency. I was thinking about this. 633 shows we've done now. I've done over 600. I think Jordan, our director, has only missed two. You might have done more shows than I have. How do you? You never know when the Mannings are going to be there or not. I think that's a major fail on their part and ESPN's. Change my mind. I'm with you. I mean, it, it
2: is tough. Now, I mean, they've, they've put out that, hey, they signed on for 10 weeks of the year whatever, but I mean, put them all back to back to back to back to back to back to back. And I, and I get it, the Manning schedules, but I mean, it's tough because you want to watch that every week. And then if you go to watch it like you did next week, you're going to be like, oh, they weren't on Mannings are done. And then they will be on next week. And on Tuesday, you'll be disappointed that
1: you missed it. I get it. Yeah, And I'll, I'll forget about it. I just think it's been a major success and I was looking forward to it. And then they weren't there. Anyways, moving on to point two of the quick six. The Calgary Flames were supposed to play the Blackhawks in Chicago in Monday's only NHL game. However, the league postponed the Flames' next three, starting with the tilt in Chicago, as several team members have been put into COVID-19 protocols, and then they were supposed to play in Nashville tonight. So don't worry for your hockey fix. There are 13 games tonight, so if you missed the NHL Monday, there were other things going on. Here tonight in South Florida, the Ottawa Senators are in town. I'm excited to welcome the Panthers back after their roadie. Their three-game roadie get an eyeball of the Ottawa Senators for the first time tonight. So I don't have much more to say about that, other than this is unbelievable. What's going on with COVID? I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. And I do you remember Eddie Johnson, the old uh, yes. CFL punter, the old Rough Rider punter who played for nine NFL teams? He just messaged me this morning, and he's like, "God, I love Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida." Like you would not know that COVID is a thing here. I am telling you. So what everybody else is now having said that the dolphins uh, running back has been placing COVID protocols. I just don't know what's going on. It's unbelievable. But do you have any thoughts on COVID in the sporting landscape as we sit here? i like, I've lost track how many months into this we are
2: for sure. Um, it, it's needs to be part of your routine. Now um, if you're an athlete and you can't make, you got to make sure you don't catch it. So they just have to be as diligent with that as they are with their nutrition and their workout regimes and their practices and their schedules Just has to be, look, I got to make sure I wear my mask. I got to make sure I don't see too many people, you know, because it's becoming a thing. But if you take those precautions and do you think like I I'm struggling to see how it's getting into the locker rooms. And it's it can only happen if you're just taking your foot off the gas a little bit, because the NHL had done such a great job for so long dating back to the bubble in Toronto and Edmonton that you
1: just can't take your foot off the gas. I just, I don't get it. I'm just happy that I'm here. I'm safe. I'm settled. But again, I mean, I, this is not a government thing. This, these are league things. If people want to, nobody's even blaming the government anymore. And I understand my mind's been flipping around on mental gymnastics on this. In that, for the NHL to play and the NFL to play, shoot, for the CFL to play, they had to follow their own rules and guidance from the medical people but it's just, I don't really hear about a lot of people contracting COVID anywhere. I don't know. Maybe you want to talk to doctors and nurses and maybe there's something, maybe it's because I'm in Florida. I don't hear anything, but I I just can't believe that we're missing games this far into it. Uh, Nelson Halkiewicz, our VP of Sim Events writes in regarding the um, regarding the uh, Mannings. He says the Manning cast (laughs) needs to commit. The middle of that CFL sim season was tough, but we all showed up and did the games. It did become a grind. You can only put down so much pizza. That's but we right. showed up every week, and it was great. Um, so that's my take on COVID. Justin Wolf watching on YouTube says, 36 players in the NFL were placed in COVID protocol yesterday. I didn't even know it was that many. Holy smoke. A- wow. Darren watching in Salt Lake City, Darren Workman says, anyone who turns up COVID positive is just not paying attention. Well, what I, I don't know. I I haven't been tested for COVID since I flew down here a while back. So maybe I've had it and don't know. I don't know. I'm still assuming. I don't know if these players are showing up at the stadiums and rinks and getting the Q-tip up their nose every day. Maybe they are. We don't know. They don't want you to know what's in the hot dog, Darren. They just want you to enjoy the hot dog. That's right. How many times have I said it? Uh, Darren Workman goes on to say, Bingo, Rod. Florida doesn't report anything about COVID. So I'm just going to stay in my little cocoon, play my little piano, and sing my little songs. Now, I could be reading the news. For me, the news is SportsCenter. So as I move on to point three, I want to talk about Team Canada and their goaltenders. Okay, and I... This is very fascinating to me. I'm loving the World Juniors. Dun, dah, 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 like i am got jingle bells going in my head here. I'm loving what TSN's doing. If TSN would put as much hype into the CFL as they do the World Juniors, we might not have any problems, but I digress. Bingo. So I'm reading an article that you can, you, can, <laughs> you can read right now at rodpeterson.com. It's the second article up about Canada's goalies for the World Juniors. And the goalie coach is Olivier Michaud. I don't really remember that name. So I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Do you really remember the name Olivier Michaud? As a Sorry. Canadian world goal? Yeah, I don't either. So I encourage anybody that cares enough about the world juniors in team Canada to go read that article because I was in- fascinated by it. He's the goalie coach this year for the world juniors. They got three goalies in camp, Dylan Guerin, Sebastian Casa, and Brett Roshu, and they all made the team. And I'm getting to a point. Last year, they brought five goalies to camp and cut two. The goalie coach was Jason LaBarbera, the former Portland Winterhawk. And now I think the uh, goalie coach, is he with the Flames? If not the Flames and the Hitman, then I guess they're all the same thing. The difference here this year is all three made the team. They all got the invites and they made the team. And now they're going to Banff. And I always knew this was a thing. Dave Cameron, the head coach for Team Canada, was quoted in the article as saying, I haven't paid much attention to the goalies. I have so many other decisions to make that I just, I knew they made the team, so I'm dealing with the forwards or the skaters. And I'm like, at least somebody's admitting it. And it's probably a good thing when head coaches just stay out of the goalie room. So Olivier Michaud played for Team Canada 20 years ago. I think it was one 2 for the World Juniors in Partibus, Czech Republic. And he started one game in the NHL for the Montreal Canadiens. And he's now the goalie coach. And he's with, uh, somebody help me out, some of our Eastern viewers, Shakutami. Shakutami, I think, in the queue. So I I just was caught off guard by Dave Cameron's honesty that is, I'm not really paying attention to the goalies because they've already made the team. Like, um, you might... Like, it's still training camp. It's still practice. So, I guess, what, you're going to pay attention when the preseason game starts? Because I would be watching the goalies from day one of practice. Or is that just me, Darren?
2: Well, goaltending is a key spot. And we've, shown, we've known that over the years, goaltending at the World Juniors has been a key thing for Canada. Whether it's been really good or not so good and cost us some games, right? Goaltending's been kind of a focal point for Team Canada at the World Juniors over the last dozen years. So, yeah, I'd be Yoke. paying attention. I'd be paying attention. But what are you going to do? You're not picking which guy's going to play, so you'll give them all a chance to play in the preseason, decide who's hot, and that's who you'll roll with on Boxing Day. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of fun that he's, that he's honest, though, and, and that uh, up front about it. I like that.
1: Yeah, well, from everything I've heard about Dave Cameron, he's a real cool guy. And he's obviously a tremendous hockey coach. It just it just caught me off guard. Wasn't paying much attention to the goalies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Who says it? Dave Cameron, apparently the head coach of Canada's World Junior team.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in and he says Moose went from Ted Lasso to Clark Griswold. I can't really see what you're wearing. I the lights are too bright here, but I'm sure you look great. Thank you. Um. Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, I was looking forward to hearing the Mannings taco about Monday Night Football, too. See what he did there? Yeah. Forced it a little bit. I guess we've opened up, we've opened up taco time viewer takeover early. Why the heck not? I, I'm glad actually the people are, again, punchy is not the right term. Just uh, giddy in a way, I guess. Like I, we're, we're just, everybody's into it today here yeah. on the rp show we don't have any specific focus we're kind of all over the road and that's when things tend to get real fun so anyways as you i hope you all know by now the comment best comment of the week is deemed by me it's a 50 dollars gift card from our friends at taco time with over 120 locations across canada and several here in the united states of america we're three hey okay There, yeah, this is perfect we're three topics in, Moose, into the quick six show topics, and I'm just going to dangle the fourth, okay, and then I'll skedaddle out of here um, for a break. John uh, in Edmonton writes in, and he says, can we talk about Ontario maybe not letting fans attend sports, Rod? <clears throat> nope, John, we can't. How about that? How about that? Uh, not, not interested in dragging down this show. With the anchor that is COVID, so if you don't like it, go watch something else. Approved. Ryan Ryan in Saratoga, New York, says uh, Michaud is the current goalie's coach for the Drummondville Voltigeurs. I'm sorry, I knew it was some multisyllabic Quebec city. I said to me. Turns out it was Drummondville. Gotcha. <laughs> Stacy Champagne, watching at Access Television World Headquarters writes in and says, taco time, did have a Mexi fries poutine, but it was very soggy. So it might be why they took it off the menu. Stacy one comment of the week last week. Uh, yeah, so it, it didn't last. Eh? We, you and I went and we tried to find the we Mexi tried. fries poutine. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. Somebody's calling me from Pompano Beach, Florida. <laughs> I think my order's ready. Um, my fourth point before we break, then we'll get into some football My upcoming points are CFL coaching, GM carousel, Cafe Seville, Raptors winning over Sacramento last night, and Grey Cup ratings down 22% on television, and a little Rush NLL talk and your NFL top five. But let me just say this. I didn't tell you this on the phone this morning, but I will tell you now Okay. everything that you thought would happen is happening. So I was literally begged and was fine to go to a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale last night. It's called Cafe Seville. Wonderful spot. Spanish food. Amazing. Had paella, if I'm saying that right. Do you Mm. even know what that is? Yeah. Because I didn't until last night. You do? Okay. It's like jambalaya, but fancier. And uh, anyways, the owner, Joey, guess who his best friend is? Chris Jones. What? So I said, Joey, sit down. Sit down at the table here. Let's get to know each other. Well... It was a couple-hour chat. Turns out Joey was college roommates with Tony Saragusa, the goose, who doesn't remember the star defensive tackle on the Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl champion. team, The goose, watch for him coming up on this show. He calls up Matt DeBuck, former Toronto Argonaut, who coaches the high school football team in Fort Lauderdale, who's playing in the state championship Thursday night here. Puts him on speaker. And he's like, Joey's like, you're never going to coach DeBuck. You're never going to guess who we got here. From the Rough Riders. And uh, the guy goes, I was, I roomed with Jeremy O'Day in Toronto with the Argonauts. I just talked to him today. I'm like, yeah, what's J-O know? So we end up having this chat. And he's like, I know Chuck Pagano. Who do you want? He's going through his Rolodex. So just watch for these huge NFL names at high school and college to start coming on on the RP show.
2: Regina, Florida, Saragella, Saragusa. You might as well be at home. I mean, this is like, (laughs) what is happening? It was
1: a a great night. It was a great night. Um, Jack Fulton watching in Vulcan, Alberta says, RP show rocks. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate you. So when we come back, we'll get a little more into this uh, CFL coach and GM carousel. I do want to talk about the Raptors, believe it or not. NFL top five, and, and, and more with the viewers. We've opened up Taco Time Viewer Takeover early because I'm feeling it. We'll be back in a moment. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Head to youtube.com slash the Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
1: It is the RP Show. Gorgeous Tuesday here in South Florida. And before we delve right back into the continuation of the show topic, it's an extended warm-up. I think that's what we're doing, a 40-minute warm-up every day here in the RP Show. Grant is watching Game Plus TV in Kelowna, B.C. Thank you, Grant. He's written in and says Jim Rutherford has a list of 40 GMs. Rod, Moose, and whomever, whomever else has insight. Give me at least three choices as to where they are leaning. Grant, just hold on tight because coming up in the next segment, we'll be joined by Matt Sakaris from Sakaris and Price, Vancouver-based sports talk show, and we'll put it to Sakaris, the longtime host of Sakaris and Price on TSN 1040, Vancouver. If we can bring the moose back in here, uh, the maybe before we go any further, and we will get into the Raptors talk here because they're asking for it. Yeah. See how charitable I am? today, Darren? How easy to get along with I am? The sun must be the poll question. Up and- <laughs> There's a couple of two cans having a fight in this tree right over here. I'm just worried right. that it's going to spill over onto the broadcast. Okay. The uh, poll question for Capitol Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is Are the Boudreaux led Canucks for real? The Bruce Boudreaux led Vancouver Canucks, are they for real? Because they've won four in a row going into tonight's home date. Who have they got in there? The Columbus Blue Jackets, who have been no slouch. 56% of respondents saying no, they're not for real. Four in a row is four in a row. Um, let's get the moose. I don't know. On YouTube, they're saying yes, 55%, producer Clark says, Darren. So let's split the difference and say it's 50. They're saying 50 okay. 50. These Canucks aren't for real. Well, the four game win streak has moved them out of the basement of the Pacific Division. Seattle now resides there. But that's not enough for Vancouver fans. They want a playoff spot, damn it. And they should get it. I just think this is the team that put one hell of a scare into the Vegas Golden Knights in the bubble in Edmonton a couple of years ago. A hell of a scare. Remember all the games were one nothing. Yes. And Thatcher, Thatcher Demko became a household name yep. that year. They're not terrible. And I love Travis Green going back to his days in the dub as a, as a Spokane chief. But... The, the proof's in the pudding, man. Whatever the hell that means. It is. Four in a row is four in a row. But yep. I just, you know what? It's too early to answer that question.
2: It is. I look at, you know, their four-game win streak with wins over Carolina, the Jets, the Bruins, and the Kings. The Bruins and Kings have been struggling a little bit. But Carolina, Winnipeg are both really good hockey teams. Now, they got the Blue Jackets, obviously, tonight. And then the Sharks. Leafs, Coyotes, You know, they got the Ducks a couple of times, but they got the Kraken and Kings in there. There's an opportunity to put some more wins on the board before the new year and be in a really good spot, feeling pretty good. You know, we thought the Canucks were going to be a better team coming into the year than they have been, right? We talk about the team. You talked about the playoff success they had in the bubble. They're a good team. They've got some talent. It's about finding the right person to bring that talent out. Boudreaux seems to have done that. Now it is a small sample size, so... It'd be interesting to see what Matthew Sikaris has to say about it, but they're better than the record. They're not necessarily, we're not talking Stanley cup contenders here, but they're, they're a decent hockey
1: team. Yeah. They were the worst team in Canada last year. Yeah. So nowhere to go, but up, by the way, we would be nowhere without our partners and sponsors on this program. A word for Aurora Recovery Center. Addiction, it destroys relationships, families, and lives. But the good news is addiction is a treatable illness. At Aurora Recovery Center, we provide everything you need to build a solid foundation for your recovery with holistic evidence-based treatment tailored to each individual. Located in Gimli, Manitoba, on the shores of beautiful Lake Winnipeg, Aurora can help regardless of whether or not you feel ready or have tried before. Aurora Recovery Center, recovery for life. Our core, Aurora recovery center.com long-term recovery here for this guy from addiction. So I can tell you living proof that recovery works and Aurora is uh, the best place to call. Get a sprinkle in some Raptors talk. The football people are writing me. They're telling me they're, they're watching. All right. But it's a Tuesday and we got a lot of things to get to. They want to talk about the Raptors. I see here, Jeff in the zone has written in and asked if I think, and you, that the Raptors can win at Brooklyn tonight. Hang on. For a lot of reasons, I don't. Chris Boucher's 17 points led the way as the Toronto Raptors poured in a season-high 70 points in the first half last night to cruise to a 124-101 win over Sacramento. That one was in Toronto. They've won back-to-back games, and for their last five, the Raptors' first half total surpassed the previous season-high of 67 points they put up against Memphis on November 24th, they're going into Brooklyn one night after playing. Shoot, in the NHL, you'd think the guys can't even barely live if they play in back-to-back nights in the National Hockey League. They're going into Brooklyn to take on the number one team in the Eastern Conference. I did a quick look at the BetRegal.net odds. Raptors are favored, sorry, the uh, Nets are favored by five. They're not only not going to win at Brooklyn tonight at Barclays Center, they're not, they're not going to beat the spread take the nets to cover. That's my take on that. You got anything else on that before we move on? No, I'm with you on
2: that. I'm with you on that. And it's just a little, still a little too early. Check in with me on the NBA when we get into the end of January.
1: <laughs> well, I know I'm just, I'm a little surprised people are this interested. I'm just going to put that out there. I mean, it's only a couple of years since the Raptors won a championship. I get that, but that's the yeah. one small beef that I have with Toronto. If the Leafs had won the Stanley Cup, we'd be hearing about it every flipping day. It would be in our face. Raptors win and nobody really cares. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Way fast. Yeah. What else do I have here? Well, we've covered a lot of hockey here. Covered a little NBA. couple other points here, and we got a lot of time in this segment. Uh, Well, four minutes. Grey Cup ratings down 22%. I don't know where to go with this. Listen, I'm not averse to talking CFL all winter, but I want to talk about something of substance. I mentioned yesterday that Chris Jones is interviewing with the Edmonton Elks. Listen, I could do two hours a day on the CFL, but it's a disservice to all the other people that have come here for other things. (sighs) I'm not – look, I don't really care about the ratings. I watch the game. You watch the game. I think all of our viewers that are watching right now watch the game – 2.8 2.8 million watched the game, I think, is the number that was put out by 3 This is how I look at it. If you didn't watch it, you missed out. Hell of a football game. We've been debating it for days, and we'll be debating it for days. What cost them the game? Was it Orlando Steinhauer's last game? Who should have been the MVP? If you didn't watch, you missed out. End of story. But if you're the CFL, Darren, you're far more into the business side of things than me in every regard. Yeah. Down 22% is 22%. So that has to be concerning for the CFL, I would think.
2: Absolutely. Now, that doesn't, I don't think, account for the streaming numbers, which were up. So I would think there's a large majority, all the you know cord cutters are streaming this now, whether it's on the TSN direct feed or you know, through a cable provider streaming it or whatever have you. Um, streaming numbers were up. So I don't know where they fall in terms of overall numbers and balance. Um, but it is concerning, for sure, creating that national unity. Um, trying to make, you know, this more of a tradition again. Um, Does the date matter? You know, we're not used to watching this in December. It's usually a November thing. Too close to the holidays. I don't know. Um, But it is down. Like, the TV numbers are down. Um, And it is absolutely a concern. But I'm with you. You missed a great football game. I mean, the season was what it was, right? We're not saying it was a gem. It won't go down in the record books as being one of the best seasons. But the Grey Cup was still great was still awesome. And, you know, for me, there was enough interest to draw me in to watch that pregame show and watch the great cup all day. They got to do a better job of getting the public into that one special day. You know, even if you're not watching all year, you know, the great cup is, is something, you know, that is, I don't know, above and beyond anything else that happens in our country football wise.
1: Yeah. So it is a little concerning for sure. A lot of the viewers are suggesting moving the Grey Cup to Saturday. I mean, I don't know. Casey Jones on YouTube says 2 million TV sets watch. Yet where I was watching, there were 12 others not counting. The numbers are really screwed. That's the thing. Um, That's always been the case. I don't even know. I don't know how accurate those ratings are. The whole thing is be a leader. Watch the Grey Cup. Tell your friends. What else are you going to do? What really bothers me, I just said last night that I was in that group of football guys down here in Fort Lauderdale. And the CFL is such a huge entity amongst the football people of America. They see it. They do see it as a very legitimate league. They all watch the gray cup. Yeah. Shoot. Half the players are American. 90% of the coaches are American. Like it's a big deal. I just don't know how you capitalize on that. And to sum it all up, it's the CFL's problem, not mine or yours. That's not our job. That's right. And I think that this show would be really valuable to the Canadian Football League if we had some sort of partnership, but I don't see that in the offing right now. Uh, Moose, your NFL top five. After last night's upset, and I truly believe we can call it an upset on Monday Night Football, the LA Rams going into Arizona where it was a very comfortable 17 degrees Celsius, said Steve Levy on the Monday Night Football broadcast, 30 to 23, the Rams held on to beat the Cards. How has that affected your NFL top five?
2: It has. Cliff Kingsbury, I think he really blew it last night uh, late in that game. Um, Never kicked a field goal. He decided to keep his offense out and try and go for the touchdown and then kicked it on fourth down and they just didn't give themselves enough time. It was a huge mistake. When you get to two minutes and you're in field goal range down by 10, kick the field goal right away because they recovered the onside kick and they would have had a lot of time. Instead, they had like 25 or 30 seconds and Kyler Murray was out to lunch. So here's how it affects the top five. Arizona is now in fifth. Um, because Whoa. they're not be- right, right now. They're not Spicy. better than the Patriots. They're not better than the Patriots. The Patriots are a, a lot better football team right now. They're more balanced. They don't take penalties. They don't give up big plays. But guess what? After the last few weeks, the Patriots are not better than the Kansas City Chiefs. They're back. They put up 35 points in the opening half against the LA or the uh, Vegas Raiders. So Kansas City is back to being a dominant football team. They're scoring points on defense. And they're winning when they should. They had a big spread to cover. I think it was 10. They didn't just cover that. They blew that out of the water. But the Chiefs aren't as good as the Buccaneers right now. Tom Brady coming off a bye. Remember what they did last year? Off the bye. They rolled right through the end of the season, right to the Super Bowl. Tom and, and Gronk are rolling. Leonard Fournette is dangerous again. I'm worried if you've got to play Tampa Bay. But the best team in football is Green Bay right now. Green Bay is hands down the best team in football. Aaron Rodgers is proving it week in and week out, even if he's got a busted toe, which apparently he re aggravated on the weekend too. And he's contemplating surgery. I don't think he will. Green Bay is the team to beat in the national football league right
1: now, in my opinion. Wonderful job Moose. See you back in hour two. See you then. All right. Matt Sikaris from Vancouver sports talk show, Sikaris and Price joins us next. It's daytime sports talk from South Florida on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
1: We're live on the RP Show on this Tuesday, December the 14th, game day across the National Hockey League. I think it's 13 games in all. And that is not including the Flames, who are not playing in Nashville because of the COVID protocol situation. But it's a huge one for the Vancouver Canucks, home to the Columbus Blue Jackets after their fifth straight win. And joining us to talk about it is Matt Sakaris, one half of Sakaris and Price. It airs afternoons out of Vancouver, and it's been far too long since I've seen this gentleman's smiling face. How you doing, Matthew?
0: (laughs) Very well, Rob. Of course, we normally see each other during Grey Cup week. I wasn't able to make it uh, uh, this year. Um, You say it's a Canucks game night. I sure hope so. The late word here this morning is at least one player is tested positive. And there might be more after the Carolina Hurricanes were in here on Sunday. And as my understanding is they had a bunch of positive tests and weren't able to take off uh, at the prescribed time and fly out of Vancouver. So just sitting here waiting to find out whether it's more extensive than that with the Canucks and whether the game tonight is, in fact, going forward. It looks mm-hmm. like that now, but, you know, we shall see.
1: Gosh, that team has been through enough going back to last year and all this. And then the firings. And our poll question Mm -hmm. today, by the way, is for Capital Automobile Universal Collision Center, are the Vancouver Canucks, led by Bruce Boudreaux, for real? And they've won four in a row, as I mentioned. What are Mm -hmm. you voting on that? And what's your assessment of the last couple of weeks out there?
0: Well, when Boudreaux took over, we said, Rod, they're a six-game winning streak away from being a six-game winning streak away um, from being in playoff (laughs) contention. So. You know there is a big high mountain to climb here for these vancouver canucks in terms of getting back into the western conference playoff race now they have won four in a row under coach boudreau here uh there's been a lot of good signs here including elias Petterson waking up and he had a just a god-awful first 20 games of the season uh they're getting that new coach bounce they're playing with all sorts of fun and enthusiasm and joy and it's been wonderful to watch after an opening 20 games that was really quite dreadful and really quite unwatchable here from the Canucks. So do I think they're for real in terms of, I think they're a fringe playoff team. I think they're a team that is a whole lot better than the one we saw through 20 games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that. I think they have more talent on this roster to sustain a better record than what they looked at, what they looked like through 20 games. But if you're asking me, are they for real in terms of, you know, can they make noise in the Western conference, even get to the Western conference playoffs? Uh, my answer right now
1: would be no, not yet. You know, what's the burning question for me, Matt, is you've been in Vancouver long enough now that I, you would have an idea of how the Canucks work under the Aquilinis. Like, did they wait? But I think they waited too long in Benning and Travis Green, I really do. What's your assessment yeah. of, the, of that regime, the five years, if you don't mind?
0: Well, I, I think they certainly waited too long if they wanted to salvage this season in terms of getting back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, They needed to make a move far quicker than they did to right the ship, steady the ship, and give themselves a fighting chance to compete for one of those final playoff spots. So I think they waited a little too long in that regard. I think you'd also make a case they waited too long on Jim Benning. I mean, this was his eighth season, Rod. Um, By year eight of a building project, I sure hope you're closer to contender status than you are to the bottom of the lottery. And they were closer to the first overall pick on the day that Jim Benning was let go a week ago. A week ago, Sunday, um, he just was never able to construct a roster around some of the great stars he drafted, like Elias Pedersen uh, Quinn Hughes, and Thatcher Demko. So, yeah, I, 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 I think ownership was very caught off guard by how poorly this team started. I think they felt like they had a, a team that was going to compete in the Pacific Division better than it did, and when the bottom fell out early, I think ownership was caught off guard and began a search for a new GM and a new head coach that took long enough to effectively scuttle this season because there were so many losses along the way viewer in Kelowna
1: asked who we thought of the 40 names apparently are on the list of jim rutherford for gm who the
0: front runners (laughs) might be what are what are you hearing Mm out there well i mean i think it's good practice to look at his most recent deputies and that brings us to names like jason botterell and and peter or uh, jason carmanos and and Randy Sexton, some of the crew that he worked with in Pittsburgh. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the Penguins executives wind up rising here to the level of, of general manager. But the other thing he told us, Rod, was, you know, he's got that list of 40 names and some of them are guys who have been general managers in the past and could fill that role here. Some of them are young up-and-comers. And the one thing about Jim Rutherford over his tenure is it's indisputable is he has mentored a lot of guys who have gone on to become NHL general managers. Right now, Bill Guerin in Minnesota, Tom Fitzgerald in in uh, New Jersey, of course, Jason Botterill once upon a time uh, in Buffalo. So, you know, I, I think the wise money is on that he is going to add someone who he can mentor. And then of course, you have the looming factor of the Sedin twins, Henrik and Daniel, who are in this front office and also require some some degree of mentoring coming on up if they're ultimately going to take over as decision makers for these Vancouver Canucks.
1: Wow. Great report there. Matt, we got about 90 seconds left. I got to say this, listening to Mm -hmm. you and the other host Great Cup Saturday and Sunday was very special. (laughs) Um, But, you know, as you mentioned, not part of it this year. What was your take of of, uh, Great Cup weekend and moving forward for the league?
0: Well, just how much I miss covering the Grey Cup at such a wonderful festival. Uh, I missed it for the first time in eight years this year. Um, I think the CFL has some work to do, Rod. Uh, I'm someone who is a, a, fan, a forever fan, forever will be a fan. Uh, but I do think this league has to take some big looks at, at its product and, and, and going forward. I'm not necessarily big on changing the number of downs or even the width of the field. I think that would be a big mistake. But you know, that idea that Ambrosi floated a number of years ago about starting the season a little bit earlier and finishing the season a little bit earlier. So you clear you're clear of the start of the NHL season in October. You're maybe doing your gray cup in Thanksgiving when the NHL season is getting going, where maybe you're taking bigger advantage of the spring months. That's something that I think is beginning to resonate more and more with me. And I love those snow globe games, those cold weather games with the breath coming out, the face mask and everything that we know and love about playoff football and Regina, Winnipeg and Calgary and and the Grey Cup. But if you're telling me that getting uh, getting this league away from the NFL and the NHL competition will help viewership and help butts in seats, then I'm for that. Love it. Love it, sir. Hey, where
1: can people watch your show every day?
0: com. they can listen of course we're available wherever you get your podcasts as well all right matt H- happy holidays my friend thanks for the time happy holidays to you rod great to see you again all the best to your team
1: matt sakaris from sakaris and price out of vancouver taco time viewer takeover is coming up next you're watching the rp show on the game plus television network youtube live streaming and 24-hour sports radio at rod
0: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
1: It's the RP Show, and for many of you, it is your favorite part of the show. Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Hey, every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday for only $2 each. Do you order hard or soft shell tacos, beef or veggie? Listen, for me, it's hard beef taco shells, but I know that it's not for everybody. Um, Get your comments ready. We got, producer Clark just said we got a long time here for this segment until the top of the hour. So fire them at me. Uh, You've been punchy all day in a good way. Let's Let's keep it rolling. Uh, a sports update real quick. The W.H.L. has announced that Tri-City Americans defenseman Lucas Dragasevic has been named W.H.L. player of the week. The 16-year-old blue liner from Richmond, B.C. Posted five points in a pair of Americans victories against Everett on the weekend. Seattle goalie Thomas Millich has been named goalie of the week. Millich posted a 2 all record, .96 GAA, and nine sixty-six save percentage. So there you go. I hope I'm saying that right. And more importantly, I hope that we get back to a day where we have interlocking play in the Western Hockey League. Eastern Conference plays the Western Conference so we know who these guys' names are in the West. And the only reason I know Lucas Dragicevic, how to say his name is, I got to assume that's his dad, Milan, the former Regina Pat, who Kevin Gallant once said was skating like a Honda Civic. Lucas Dragicevic, player of the week in the dub. The Toronto Raptors closed out their seven-game homestand in emphatic fashion on Monday. Chris Boucher, 17 points, led the way as Toronto scored a season-high 70 points in the first half, and they walloped Sacramento 124-101, but we're not giving them a chance at Brooklyn tonight. Nets favored by five. Steph Curry is on the verge of becoming the NBA's all-time leading three-point shooter. Curry was 5-for-15 from behind the arc last night as the Golden State Warriors earned a 102-100 win. At Indy, he's one off Ray Allen's mark for made three-pointers. And the Arizona Cardinals will have to wait at least one more week before clinching their first playoff berth since 2015 after a loss to the Rams in Glendale on Monday Night Football. Matthew Stafford threw for 287 yards and three touchdowns for the Rams in a 30-23 victory. They won their second straight after a three-game slide and pulled within one game of the cards in the NFC West. The NFL's best division proved me wrong. That's sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now for the Tap, Brew House and Drive Thru Liquor Store where you'll never need to ask to have the CFL games put on. But now we got to wait six months for that to be a thing with the CFL season over. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Okay, here we go. I'm in. I'm into the YouTube comments here. Darren Workman in Salt Lake City says, Rod, are there any promising offensive or defensive coordinators in line for a CFL head coaching uh, gig? Yeah. Chris Jones. How about that? How about that? Um, Right. I feel like we don't have time in this segment. Well,. We actually do, but I'm like, how deep do we want to snorkel into that conversation? The CFL coach and GM carousel. I, I love it. I love the talk, obviously. I mean, we can sit and go around on, on that for six months if we want. I know a lot of people would like us to. But, and I'll come back on that, but Janelle Tarnopolsky, which I maintain sounds like a Winnipeg name. Janelle writes in and says, the marketing department in the CFL needs an overhaul. That's what she says. Chris in King City, Ontario says, I know of many young people who watch the Argos and the Grey Cup this year. The game is good. Product delivery delivery needs work. and I think that's part of what really worries me about the CFL is nobody can agree on where they need to go as a league. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't – who said four downs? Who said it first and why? The CFL product is not, it's not the problem. The delivery of it is, as they say. John in Edmonton says, uh, Rod, should the CFL get in on a streaming service? They are. TSN. Done. Last minute, last minute of play in hour one. See, we're going to have a heck of a lot of time with Moose coming back. Next segment to talk about all of these things if you want. Man. And the hockey's a bummer, too. Hey, you gets to on here. We're going to try and preview a big game against Columbus, and then they say COVID might cancel the game tonight in Vancouver, and they don't even know whether they're going to or not. Janelle has written back and she says, "You're on the money rod." and Brownie points for properly pronouncing it. Well, listen, there's a lot of Ukrainians where I come from. So I know how to say the words. Chris goes on to say Rod said it best. Football people view the CFL as a legitimate entity. Somehow this has to translate to the general public. Pause for four minutes. We're going to come right back on Game and YouTube. And we'll continue this. We'll talk about the hockey games tonight and all the rest. Okay?
0: For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit
1: rodpeterson.com.